Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Luke Charles, and you're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. We're glad you can join us. Before we get into the word, promise, can you open us up in prayer? Yes. Lord, just thank you for today. Just thank you for coming into our midst and just being, just letting us soak inside of your midst throughout the whole day and making it where there's not a moment that we're out of your presence. Mm-hmm. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, welcome, everybody, to our continued study in Romans. We are officially in chapter 5. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Glory to God. Amen. Yes. So, we are going to read... we just pump the brakes a little bit here? We're moving way too fast. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I was going to say, Bubby sounded like the man reading that reads all the terms and conditions. (laughs) Did anybody understand (laughs) Reads all the side effects at the end of the medication commercials. Oh, right. Reading all fast or talking all fast. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, but yes, we are. We are. Covering yeah. ground, Dean. We are. We're always covering ground with the Lord. So okay. let's cover some more ground today. Okay. Can I get a volunteer to read the first 11 verses of chapter of Romans chapter 5, please? I will read. All right, honey, honey. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. And for scarcely for a righteous man, one will die. I'm sorry, will one die? Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Amen. Amen. There's a lot in there. And as we begin to discuss what the Holy Spirit is giving us, I'm going to open the floor up to each of you. All right. And of course, if there's any questions, please ask them, right? We're all learning and growing together. So, who would like to begin? Uh, you can, no, you go. Oh, okay. All right, well, Layla. Thank I you, had, sir. Thank you, you promise. It was, I was looking at verse three and it had um a little letter next to 
character and i looked at my margin and it said approved character and so when it said um knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character or approved character and approved character hope um just kind of reminded me that of what god is looking for and what it is um what accomplishes these things it's not just any character because if if it was just any character wouldn't everybody be so saint-like and holy no they wouldn't so it's the approved character. So who approves the character? Well, the, the Lord does. Since he sets the standard and he's got the plumb line and the, measure, the measurements, if you will. And that's what he's looking for. So when we um, stand before him, our character, how we, who we are actually on the inside, not the persona we try to put on or the facade when we meet people, but who we are genuinely to the core is it the approved character? Does it reflect Jesus Christ? And that's the approved character that we're looking for, that we are made in his image and in his likeness. So if that's the case, since it is the case, we should then be demonstrating those characteristics that Christ demonstrated um, while he was un walking on the earth and as he sits at the right hand of glory in heaven. That's mm -hmm. what we should be aspiring to, if you will. That's what we should be looking for, not just building um, a reputation based on what humans think or what so-and-so down the street says of you, but who are you genuinely trying to grasp? Who who are you going to be pleasing to if um, Jesus says you couldn't serve both? You can't serve both man and God, right. for you'll love the one and hate the other. So if you're looking for approval from men, you already disqualified and discounted yourself from getting the approval from god so when you uh just causes me to look at how i do things for my own life am i if i am i doing this action to hear somebody say oh layla you're so special you're so good because you've done this or am i genuinely doing it because i want to be pleasing in the sight of the lord i want to um build that relationship with him and have him work on me and build and make and create that approved character that he desires me to have not what i think i should have or what i want so amen yes thank you that was good there's a lot in there uh, and it, promise you wanted to go yes okay let's hear it sir so first the Lord brought me to um, Oh yes, verse three words word wait where it says and not only that but we also glory in tribulations knowing that tribulation pr produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope and how the Lord is talking to me how the order of it matters. So, when you... Sometimes you think, oh, it doesn't matter. You can build yourself, you can build yourself up in Christ in any way. But, the Lord showed me that mattered. Wait, sorry. Not in any way, but any order. Sorry. So, let's say... If you're building a toy, if you don't build it of the right order, you're not going to have a toy. It's going to be lopsided and weird and not going to work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a good chance. Or some parts might not even come together if you don't put them in the proper sequence. 
Mm-hmm. Go ahead, sweetheart. Those directions. Oh. <laughs> there were just extra pieces in the box. Yeah. Uh, spare pieces and parts? Yeah. Yes. Because you didn't read the directions? Or cause, cause no, because you didn't. You left out the necessary oh. parts. Oh, okay. I see. Mm-hmm. What else would you want to say, sweetheart? And how if you continue down verse three words. Wait. Sorry, verse five words says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love mm-hmm. of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. So the Lord is showing me that the reason that hope doesn't fill is because God's always there and he's always holding you. And <coughs> you know how the egg races where they have the eggs on a spoon? The Lord doesn't isn't like that and drops the egg and goes, oops. <laughs> and how he's not just carelessly holding it and whipping around to look at stuff. And so you follow the Lord's hands, but his hand is secure. Mm. So in that, you can have hope and reassurance. You you have hope and you know that the Lord's not going to drop you. Mm -hmm. That was it. Well, oh, go ahead, Dean. If you're commenting on him, please. I was, but go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I wasn't going to comment on what he was saying, so go ahead and stay, keep with the thought. Oh, okay. Well, please. Thank you so much. That's so sweet of you. So kind. Um, you mentioned hope promise, but what kind of hope is it? Where should your hope be planted? In the Lord. In the Lord. So if you put your hope in things and other people, you will be disappointed. But hope in God does not disappoint. And we have to be very specific and um, purposeful and and understanding that because it's easy for us, especially as human beings, so to it's easy for us to transition our hope into other things outside of God. So even an example, like God gives you a promise, he, he gives you a word. And sometimes without even noticing it, we take our hope from being placed in God to fulfill what he promised. And we transition it and transfer our hope into having this thing, because then that's going to be an answer for us or something of that nature. Or we put our hope in our, our, um, our spouses or our children to not let us down. Or you can name a variety of things, but we, without knowing if we transition our hope to any place other than in Jesus Christ and in the Lord, we will be disappointed. But if we keep it squarely in him, we will not be disappointed. Uh, let's look at Hebrews 11, 1 for just a moment. Mm-hmm. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then it keeps going for by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. And we're talking about faith and everything else. But hope is a target for our faith. We remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it tells us these three remain, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. But hope is necessary because it's the target for our faith to work. Like it's, it's where we point the laser on our gun, if you will. Faith is the gun and the bullet and all that, but we need a target for it. But if you try to put your hope in something other than God, and then you try to shoot your faith towards it, it's not going to work. It won't hold water because it's not capable of carrying our faith. But God is. God is capable, and he's the only one who is. So um, keep your hope in the Lord. 
and then I have something else I wanted to say, but I'll come back to that. Dean, you can go ahead and share what was on your mind. I mean, it, it wasn't whatever. I mean, it was, it was more in lines with what um, Layla was saying, and um, I, I'm, I'm I'm trying to understand the fullness of it. <clears throat> the as a business owner, you know, we 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 uh, learn a lot about customer service, and um, so. Um, in today's world, it's it's tough to compete from a um, marketing kind of component, especially unless you're a large company and have a large marketing budget. And so one of the concepts that's taught um, that certainly must be exercised from a pure heart, right? Um, you know, it's not a tactic or something just to get over on somebody and manipulate them. But when we when the perception of the customer is that they received more in value than what they paid in dollars, it actually creates an emotional indebtedness. And the customer is almost forced into wanting to pay that back. Mm -hmm. And the way they most pay it back is by a referral <clears throat> or by a review. Mm -hmm. they, they feel compelled to do that. And so what we're seeing here, what we're looking at here, when we get, um, well, let me get back over to Romans. I was still in Hebrews. Um, if we look at uh, 510, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by his death of his son, how, how much more are we now reconciled and saved through his life? So mm -hmm. as we understand what Christ has done for us, it's not like what the world has that we have this emotional indebtedness to him. Mm -hmm. We actually have the privilege of understanding and placing such high value of what he's done for us that our only likely response is to serve him and grow more in his likeness. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. And um, as, as I look at this, <laughs> this section of scripture as well, just to build off of what you said, um, I was reminded of the Beatitudes. Hmm. All right. Like the Beatitudes or the Sermon on the Mount, um, which you find in Luke 6 beginning in verse 20 is um, or I'll say it in this way first right Romans 5 as promise pointed out and, and we've kind of discussed here it is a process it's a way in which we conduct ourselves as Christians right but then so isn't the instructions Christ gave us with the Sermon on the Mount or the Beatitudes all right, especially, I mean, like the entirety of the thing, right? Blessed are you, are you poor, yours is, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you, hmm. and revile you, and cast you, uh, wait, cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice in that day, a leap for joy, for indeed your reward is, is great in heaven for in like manner the fathers did to the prophets right of course then he pronounces the woes and it's literally the same thing only in 
just backwards, opposite. All right. Woe who you are you who are rich, for you've received your consolation. Woe for you who are full, you shall hunger. Woe for you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. All right, and then of course the instructions. Love your enemies. All right? Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. All right? If one strikes you on the neck, turn the other cheek also. Give to everyone who asks of you. And whoever takes your away your goods, do not ask for them back. Right? Yes. Yes. You see the same... Jesus says the same thing that Paul is getting at here. He's demonstrating, uh, Christ is telling us, how to live our lives. Remember, this is also a, a continued thought, right, from what we were literally just discussing, excuse me, at the end of chapter 4, right? He's talking about yes. the children of Israel, the Jews, right? And he's discussing how they should be living, right? Yes. And discussing it in... I'll say in opposite, like this, in a way that he's pointing out, hey, you haven't lived how you've been instructed. Which again, we can go right back to Luke six, and it's about where are you putting your trust, your faith, your hope, right? And that's that's where Jesus, Luke six verse forty six, right? Uh, and I'll say forty six through forty nine. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the, and the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it for it was founded in the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Or as I look at Romans, he's giving us this process of how we should be conducting ourselves and living in like manner. And if you look at even the Beatitudes, you can see almost a mirror image when Christ, or the Lord, is discussing the churches in Revelation about the things that they were lacking or that they thought. Right? And yes, you can look at a number of different ways, personalities, mindsets, thing that, things that they had put their faith, hope, and trust in. Right? But it's also a, a warning for us. Like, hey, let's get ourselves, every aspect of our lives, in order with the Lord. Let us demonstrate to the world right, that we are children of our Heavenly Father. Because in him is where our hope is. It's not in the things of man. It's not in worldly systems or processes. But everything is from the Father. We're building on him. On the foundation, which is Christ, mm -hmm. that he laid, and laid by the apostles and the prophets. Right? Yes. Okay. They spoke of him. He says, Christ says that as well. Right? Yes. And he is love. Mm -hmm. And we see that what Paul is bringing out. This is how we should live. And then 
in the first five verses. All right? And also, just bringing it back. The Lord doesn't disappoint if you, for those who put their, their faith and their hope and their trust in him. All right? We just read that at the end of Luke 6. All right? Yes. And then yes. the first, I'll say, well, verses 6 through 11, Paul also articulates, hey, it doesn't matter which category you fit in. Right, if you feel weak or you feel condemned or you're in sin or you're an enemy of the Lord, right? Like category. It's really all the same thing. If we're in disobedience, we're in opposition to the Lord. We are an, an enemy to him. He's saying you have the opportunity to come back, to repent, to be realigned with Christ or reconciled to Christ, right? As verse 11. Not only that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. All right, we, we talked about Hebrews 11. All these heroes of the faith, champions of the faith, the, I'll say the, the patriarchs, right? They didn't act as though they had received it. They were searching. They were sojourners trying to get the fullness, believing they had received the fullness in faith, pursuing, pressing forward in the things of the Lord, ultimately to be conformed to his image, which we are made in his image and likeness. And that's available for every one of us if we would choose to believe and to have faith in him. Mm-hmm. Amen. And, you know, we've, we've come through um, chapter 4 to 5, and he's talking about, um, in verse 1, we're justified by faith. He's, he stated all the reasons to come to this conclusion and, and encouraging the believers that he's writing to to look at things beyond what they see in the natural. And now that he's gotten them to a place where they should have their faith stirred on the inside of them to understand who they are in Christ is not a position that is obtained by any natural means, but by faith and encouraging them that this is what makes you stand. We're accessing the, the grace of God by faith and it's the love of God, the goodness of God that holds us up and that we should rejoice in it. And in verse three, I think both you, Layla and promise brought up verse three. The first thing that sticks out to me, um, is that, but we also glory in tribulations. And looking at that word there, the word tribulation is, let's see, it means a pressing, pressing together, pressure. Um, and this metaphoric of oppression, affliction, tribulation, distress, straits. And that reminded me of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I think most of us believers have heard this. Um, I'm going to start in verse 7 and I'll read to 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 to 10. It says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Could I add a scripture to that? Yes, by all means. Second Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power 
is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest in me. Amen. Paul knew he could not do it of himself, nor can we, right? And Christ made that exact declaration, right? Without me, you can do nothing. But just like in in Luke 6, right? When we talk about the um, the Beatitudes, and in Luke, uh, where he's teaching them how to pray, his disciples how to pray, I believe it's in Luke 7, Um I'll have to research that and get back to you. I'm not there at the moment, right? He says, how much more will my Father send the Holy Spirit? Which is how Christ moved and conducted and operated in the ministry that he was called to do, reconciling us and the world back to the Father. Mm -hmm. Amen. And thank you for sharing that, honey. Um... And this, this section that, that I was referencing um, just a moment ago, I love that scripture that you added in there because um, Romans chapter 5, verse, verses 3, and three, 4, and 5 talked about, talk about how we grow as believers. What does our growth process look like? Much like what you described, Dean, about being grafted in. There's pressure um, in the Beatitudes. The Lord talks about us being cast out for his name's sake. Mm-hmm. For our name being referenced or reconciled or set aside as being evil because we love God. And that creates pressure. I don't know anybody that's ever been rejected and accused just for the name of Jesus Christ. They didn't feel a pressure associated with it because the pressure is to give up Christ, is to forsake him. The pressure is to um, cast aside our covenant with him. And that, that pressure... When we endure that, it produces perseverance. We get a little bit stronger. We're able, we get a little bit more fortitude and our heels dig in. I'm not going to forsake Jesus Christ. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you threaten to take away. Yep. I had to float around as Paul did in the water. You know, he had to float around in the ocean for a long time. He took stripes on him. He was beaten multiple times and stoned and various things, but the way he perceived it because he was able to look at it correctly, this pressure made him dig his heels in. I'm going to believe God even more. I'm going to follow God even more. I'm going to honor and value the death and the dying, that the suffering that Jesus Christ suffered on the cross. I'm going to hold that in higher esteem, and I'm going to hold to my confession of faith in him even more. And I'm going to keep pursuing God. I'm going to keep moving forward after him. And then in that, he developed a character that was able to manifest and present the goodness of God coming out of him. He was able to love his neighbor, and now he could teach others because he had endured some things. He had persevered some things. When everything is easy for you, there's not a whole lot of resilience there. There's not a whole lot of resistance. You don't know why you're doing what you're doing. It's just easy, right? But when you've been challenged and hold fast to God, you begin to cultivate the character and the nature of God on the inside of you. And once your character becomes developed, your your eyes kind of narrow in on Jesus. I know in whom I have believed. I know my Redeemer lives. So yeah, like Job looking at boils on his body and his family had died and calamity had come and his wife literally said, curse God and die. Why are you holding on anymore? And ultimately, we know it was a wicked one behind it, bringing this pressure to try to 
throw Job, uh, Job, get him to curse God and die and be not just physically die, but be eternally separated from God. But Job dug his heels in and he said, no, I know my redeemer lives. Yeah, there's some things I don't understand, but God is good. Right. And he was yes. able to endure. And at the end of that, reap the blessing that God had for him. So likewise, when we look at our relationship with Christ, I, I know I felt this way coming in. I'm finally not sinning in my lifestyle and I've chosen Jesus. Everything's going to be easier. But immediately there arose pressure to try to make me forsake God. And as I endured that, I began to go, all right, there's, I don't love anybody more than I love God. I don't have anything that I hold more near and dear to me than I do the Lord Jesus Christ. I will forsake all to follow him. And that's what he tells his disciples. If you won't forsake mothers, fathers, houses, lands, children, wives, in particular, because he was talking to groups of men. If you won't leave these things for my sake, you're not worthy to be my disciple. So when the pressure arises, don't despise it. Don't mishandle it. Don't hold it in a negative light, but go, okay, God, you're going to produce perseverance on the inside of me through this. No, you're not bringing this hard, this hardship, this, this, um, temptation or whatever it is. You're not bringing that because we already know in James chapter one, he doesn't tempt anyone with evil. Neither is he tempted by evil. But when I get through this, I will have perseverance developed on the inside of me. Character is coming forth and my hope being firmly placed in Jesus Christ will produce what it's designed to produce. Um, so as we're growing as believers, as we are walking with Christ and things come up, let us keep our eyes on God and look upon him favorably, not grumbling and complaining, not despising those places. Paul could have easily been upset about the stripes that he, the whipping literally that he took. But instead Five of- Five times he received 39 lashes. That's significant. And was shipwrecked and snake bitten. And <laughs> my old pastor used to say, beaten the head and left for dead. <laughs> Jailed but multiple times. He yes. was stoned. He was jailed. He was all of these things. He was betrayed. He was set up. People tried to destroy him in various capacities. And again, we know it was a wicked one behind it. But he didn't get un. He didn't get dissatisfied with God. He didn't get um, disgruntled. He wasn't shaken. That's right. But he stood. He stood. That's right. Seems to be the word. <laughs> Being steadfast <laughs> that we have and been immovable. Discussing here for well, years. But then, especially lately, like this past week, like we have Mm -hmm. talked an awful lot about just standing, standing in your most holy, most precious faith, which is the Lord. Amen. And then he, he tells them again, value. God loved you when you hated him and were literally his enemy. But how much more so does he value you now? Hold fast to that and see it for what it is. See the beauty of what God has done and appreciate it. Let your perspective be corrected and made right to hold with confidence and hold your head up about who you are in Jesus Christ, not because you're prideful and arrogant, but it's nothing to be ashamed of. And, and just speaking to your hearts and minds, especially in America, what it looks like to be a Christian, to what the world says and the pressure that comes therein, because you hold fast your confession of faith, the, the condemnation that seems to come with it. Know who you are in Christ. Value that. And it is better to suffer 
for the righteousness of the name of Jesus Christ than it is to be welcomed in and eat the delicacies of unrighteousness and wickedness. I know we're almost out of town, but uh, out of town, out of time. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, I, I just wanted to uh, remind uh, anybody who's listening, somebody out there, you're, you're like, yeah, that's great, but that doesn't apply to me. Yeah, you don't know what's going on in my life. Yeah, that wouldn't work for me. I can't do that. Uh, whatever it is that you're hearing there, it's. I don't want you to hear that you're supposed to be the perfect Christian. Mm-hmm. It is okay for doubt to come. It is okay for fear to come. It is okay for anger to come. It's okay for any of those things to come. It's just not okay to let them remain. So if you have doubts, if you have questions, how you concern, how do I live this out? How do I walk this out? How do I apply it? There is help to answer those questions, but don't remain in unbelief that this doesn't apply to you or that you can't use this for victory in your life. So reach out mm-hmm. at visit the website at dayofprayer.org or reach out directly through email at a day of prayer at yahoo.com. But don't remain. Mm-hmm. Reach out. We're here. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. And uh, with that, let's let's pause there for today. And can I get someone to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, let's Charles. Lord, I thank you for today, Lord. I just thank you for making every day a great day, Lord. And that yes, Lord. you just come into your presence, Lord. Just continue to learn more about you, Lord. And continue to learn how you act and how you want us to act in situations, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for giving us people to help us in our walk with you, Lord. So that way we can continue to grow and understand more that maybe others have already conquered, Lord, so that way we can all move on to being further in you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you all. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.